I think that one of the common denominators among all of us, wherever we are in our faith journey, um, is we really don't have a very clear understanding of who God is and what he does. And particularly, we don't have a clear understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And today we kick off this brand new series called Unleashed, and we're going to be walking over these next four weeks beginning today. We're going to be walking through God's word and finding out from his word exactly what it means um, that the Holy Spirit is, as Cynthia mentioned just a little bit ago, um, indwells us and is inside of us and resides and lives in us and what that means. And I got to tell you, um, a lot of people will like hear this first message or hear this kind of opening statement and think, oh my goodness, this is going to be like, you know, theology and doctrine and like, you know, it's just not going to be user friendly. It's just going to be information about God's word, which is great by the way. And I get what maybe some of you are thinking right now. Um, But, but I need to tell you this, um, if you're thinking those things, I've got to tell you just really candidly and honestly that an understanding of the concepts that we're going to be walking through over these next few weeks can absolutely and will absolutely transform your spiritual life in a way that you maybe have never experienced before, ever. And particularly today, one of the lessons, the kind of the main bottom line lesson that we're going to learn today is applicable in every area of your life, every day of your life. In fact, every moment of your life. And it's something that God gives us. He just hands it to us as a gift on a silver platter. And so few Christians ever, ever tap in to this tool that you and I are going to learn about today. And so today's messages, often as my messages are on the first week of a series, is foundational. But this one is going to be foundational and incredibly applicable if you will choose to dive into it. If you will choose to go, yeah, I'm going to grab onto that with everything I've got, and I am going to do this day in and day out. I promise you it'll transform your life. Because here's what I have found out in my own life and in um, kind of, you know, walking through life with other Christians is um, most Christians, most Christ followers, most people like us um, who call ourselves Christians, most of us have an anemic, um, pathetic, dead, like, dying, maybe like, you know, it's in the hospital on life support, spiritual life. Most of us are just like hanging on by a thread. And what that does in our lives is it causes, it causes a tension that's not just a tension to be managed, as, as Andy Stanley would sometimes say, but it is a problem that we have to solve or else it will confuse us to death. Here's what happens. We become a Christ follower at some point in our lives, whether for you it was like three weeks ago or maybe 30 years ago or somewhere in between, or maybe you haven't yet, but that day will come for you. And I I pray that it does when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior. Um, And here's what happens. Here's where this tension that has to be solved arises. God calls all of us um, to to a a way of living. Um, he, He calls us 
to obedience. And this is the book he gave us to help understand that obedience. And the tension lies in the fact that we become Christ followers and we want so desperately to live according to what he told us, but the pull and the lure of the world is so strong and the pull of sin is so strong and the pull of despair and depression and and family crisis and so on and so forth is so strong that we find ourselves vacillating. We find ourselves kind of pulled in two directions. One of them's in the God direction, the way he wants us to live, and we want so badly to do that, or maybe we just don't, um, and, or we want to live, you know, like the world says, and there's this, there's this tension that we have in our lives. And, and most Christians find themselves taking pleasure of the, in the things of the world that God's not pleased with, and that tension becomes stronger and stronger, and a lot of Christians will live and have this desire to live for God, but they keep giving in to temptation or habitual sinful lifestyle. Um, some Christians have this dynamic, like, walk with God right after they become a Christian. Then, like, disappointment sinks in, and um, then all of a sudden their spiritual life becomes listless and restless. And then some people even have stress and anxiety. And, and an uneasiness or even hostility because they're trying to live this life with this severe tension in life. On one hand, wanting to live for God, and on the other hand, being pulled in another direction by a, a multitude of different factors. And more than likely, at the root of that tension, at the root of that giving in, that listless, anemic spiritual life, maybe that difference between our spiritual life and, and living for the world is probably because Either we don't have a clear understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, or we just haven't tapped into in a long time the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I got to tell you, for some of you, just the bottom line of today's message can transform your life if you will just take advantage of it. Those um, of you who are here and you've been a Christ follower for a long time, uh, some of this is something that you're already living. And my encouragement to you today is take this message and, and just make sure that you're galvanized in that. Make sure you're anchored to that. Those of you who are here today and you're a Christ follower and you kind of find yourself in that tension, um, in that kind of pull from one thing to the next, and it really is causing a problem in your life and it's causing all these issues in your life, um, my, my encouragement, my challenge to you today is take full advantage of what we're going to be looking at today. And if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, um, yeah, I'm excited for you because you get to, for the first time ever, tap into what we're going to be talking about today. And it's going to be so incredibly, outstandingly awesome in your life. If you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and just put a little place marker there. Um, you know, just put, a, you know, put your finger in there or something like that. Put a piece of paper or something in there. We're going to come back to that right at the end today. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll come right back to that. We're going to be looking at a lot of verses before then. Also, if you have your notes, um, when you walked in today, you were given a worship folder, and uh, you can follow along with those notes that are in there. I believe there's some blanks in there, and then there's also a little bit of blank space for you guys to take notes. If you have our app, you can go to the notes section of our app, Message Notes, 
and you can open that up, and right there are all the verses that we're going to be looking at today, and they'll be on the screen as well as we dive in and take a look at what it means to, to understand God's Holy Spirit and understand what he does in our life on a regular basis. The, uh, the Holy Spirit is an interesting thing. And I, so what I've done today is I've divided today's message into three different questions. And so we're going to ask these questions and then we're going to answer them according to God's word. Now, I, I want to just say this. For those of you who like love to really dive into God's word in a detailed manner, um, I love that. I'm going to be blogging over the next few weeks and I'm going to dive into more detail. But the messages on Sunday, because of the limited time, we've got about 30 minutes or so, um, because of the limited time, this is not an exhaustive, like, I'm not going to unpack everything about the Holy Spirit, or at least everything that I know about the Holy Spirit, okay? So um, just, that's a disclaimer, like, we are going to hit highlights, and we're going to hit things that are going to be useful to you and I on a regular basis. And so the questions that we're going to ask today, um, the first two are informational. The first two really um, will help us understand the role of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, and then the last question is the one that we're going to find out that tool that is probably the most effective tool for powerful living that most Christians never even take advantage of. And I've had seasons in my life where I've ignored it. I've ignored it as well. And I haven't taken full advantage of the gifts that God has given me. So I'm in the same boat as many of you. Let's ask that first question today. The first question is this. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And why is he important? Why is the Holy Spirit important? Now, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. Um, the, the Trinity is clear in God's word that God is three in one. God is three in one. Now, I realize that that is really hard to understand. I'm going to give you, give you an illustration here in a moment that will maybe help you understand that. But God is um, God the Father and God the Son and, and God the Holy Spirit. Those are the three persons of what's called the Godhead or the Trinity. Okay, And that's who God is. And the, the Holy Spirit is kind of the, the, the last part of that or the, the last part for, for most of us. In fact, here's my guess for those of you who grew up in church, my guess for those of you who grew up in church like I grew up in church, um, often we would talk about God the Father. And we would talk about all the gifts that God the Father gives us. We would talk about how God uh, spun creation in its place, that God the Father is our, our daddy, our Abba, and he really cares and, and uh, cares for us, and he loves us. And um, we talk about those different things about God the Father. And then we look at Jesus, God the Son, who came to die on the cross so that he could take our sins away so that if we believe in him, we can have eternal life with God one day in heaven. And so we talk a lot about God the Father in church, and then we talk about God the Son in church, and most churches talk about God the Holy Spirit, and they really don't talk about God the Holy Spirit because there's a fear that, like, if we go down that road, we're going to be looked at as, you know, something a little crazy if we talk about God the Holy Spirit. And so we just kind of ignore it. And so we've grown up, and our culture here in America especially has, has really raised a group of Christians who don't understand God the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you did grow up in churches where you focused on God the Holy Spirit, and that's awesome. And um, you may have heard different names. It might have been the Holy Ghost. Uh, it might have been uh, God's Spirit or the Spirit of God. 
Spirit of God, um, but it really comes down to the fact that this is the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, the third part of the, the, the Godhead or the Trinity. And so um, a, a lot of theologians have different kind of understandings of this, but I've seen years ago, I saw a great example of how to explain um, the fact that God is three in one. And I'll just hit this very quickly. It's much like an apple. Now an apple is made up of many parts, but there are three parts of an apple um, that we really kind of like interact with, right? The, the skin, um, the skin is the part that's usually, um, you know, really shiny and it looks great. It's aesthetically pleasing. Um, it's the part that, you know, like my kids hate, but that's okay. It has a lot of nutrients in it. And then the center part is uh, the part of the apple that is the, uh, I think it's the hypantheum, which is the, the meat of the apple. That's the part that's usually really sweet or in a lot of cases sour, but it has all the nutrients. It contains all the nutrients. It helps us grow. It helps us to be healthy. Um, and, and then inside the core of the apple are contained what? Seeds. Okay, all right. You guys listen in third grade. You get that. Okay, so, um, and my kids went out and tried to bury the seeds to see if an apple tree would grow, and they were sorely disappointed. So that's a different kind of apple seed from what I understand. But anyway, the apple's made up largely of, of the skin and then the, the, core, the, uh, the meat of, of the apple and then the seeds. And that is much like... Um, the Holy Spirit, it's God the Father, and I kind of equate God the Father with the, the meaty part of the apple, and God the Son is the, the skin, the outside, the part that we see most of the time, and then the seeds is the Holy Spirit. It, it, just in my mind, that's how I equate it. And this apple without the skin is not really an apple, is it? It's not really an apple. It's not really an apple without the seeds. It's not really an apple without the part that you and I eat. What makes it an apple is all three of those in one, and that is a way, although it may be short of really explaining the Trinity, that's a way for you and I to understand the Trinity, three parts of God in one. And over the course of these next few weeks, you'll see and you'll come to an understanding of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives because God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit each have a different role in our lives. Now, the mystery of the Holy Spirit is something that very much scares us, and that's why we don't focus in modern churches on the work of the Holy Spirit as much as we do the Father and the Son. It often scares us. We, we don't quite understand all of it, and I think God meant it that way. But what he didn't mean is for us to ignore the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. I want you to understand first and foremost that um, Jesus actually told his disciples when he was getting ready to let them know that he was going to be leaving them, he gave them a promise, and he promised that the Holy Spirit would come to them. Now, the Holy Spirit as the Trinity, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit have existed together since, since God has existed forever. And, and the Holy Spirit, you even see in Genesis, the, the Spirit is, is, was uh, moving over the face of the deep, Genesis says. That's the Spirit of God. And so we see even since the, before creation, since eternity, God has existed. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus promised, promised his disciples in John 14, verse 6, um, that he would not lead them, or he would not leave them, excuse me, 14, 16, that he would not leave them without having someone else come to them. And he says this in verses uh, 16, verse 16 of chapter 14, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. We're going to talk about that word helper, but that is referring to the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that in two weeks. I, I, I will give you another helper to be with you forever. 
And so we see this played out in the first church in Acts chapter 1. Take a look at Acts chapter 1. It's on the screens there, but you can take a look at it in Acts chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. This is at, the, at the, uh, one of the festivals um, in Jerusalem um, that they, the, the disciples and the followers of Jesus were there celebrating. Take a look what happens. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they, meaning the followers of Jesus, by the way, this is after Jesus has, has died and been resurrected three days later. So they were wondering what was going to happen. And you see in chapter 1, um, these amazing things begin to happen. In chapter 2, it hits a climax right here in these verses. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as, of, of, as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This was the first time that God's Holy Spirit came to his followers. Jesus promised it in John chapter 14, and we see the act beginning to happen in Acts 2. And so the question again is this, who is the Holy Spirit and why is he important? Let's take a look at the answer. The answer is this, the Holy Spirit is the third part of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Promised us by Jesus before he died. He who filled the lives of the Christ followers at Pentecost and now awakens us to God powerfully working in and through our lives. So that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are dozens of different things that he does for us, and we're going to be getting into some of those things next week and in, in the uh, next three weeks, over the course of the next three weeks. But I want you to understand that that's who the Holy Spirit is. That's our understanding of where God's Holy Spirit comes from. He's part of who God is. Take a look at the second question. When and how do we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives? This is probably the most misunderstood concept in church. And I will say this, there are probably some of you who may disagree with what I'm saying today. Church leaders have been debating this issue for centuries, literally, um, actually since the first or since the second century, they've been debating this issue. But from my understanding of scripture, I believe that um, we receive the Holy Spirit the moment that we are saved. Let me explain. There are different things, different interactions that the Bible speaks of in the New Testament, um, how humans interact with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about four different things. God speaks of four specific different things on how we interact with God's Holy Spirit. The one is the indwelling or um, the um, receiving of God's Holy Spirit. Like he comes and lives within us once we become Christians. And so that's the dwelling or the receiving of God's Holy Spirit. There's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the sealing of the Holy Spirit for us as Christians. Now, for some of you, you're like, Todd, this is way too much information. Okay, I get it. Don't worry about this except for this last one. There's also the filling of the Holy Spirit. The first three, receiving God's Holy Spirit or, or having him dwell inside of us and being sealed by God's Holy Spirit and also being baptized by God's Holy Spirit. We're going to get to bap the baptism of the Holy Spirit in week four. All of those things, uh, we at Hilton Head Island Community Church, and I believe that those things happen at the moment of salvation. 
Like God's Holy Spirit literally enters our life and comes in and indwells our life and we have access to God's Holy Spirit. Now, um, I'm going to be like totally Bill Nye the science guy here today. So just to help demonstrate this and to give you an understanding of this, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right up front, I'm going to fill up a balloon, okay? I'm not going to make balloon animals because I, I can't do that, so I'll pop something. But I'm going to fill up a balloon to explain what this means in our life and that sort of thing. And, but I'm going to walk through this in parts, okay? So I'm going to allow this um, nice, isn't this great? Summer got this for me. It's pink. Isn't that great? Kind of matches my shirt, I guess, today. But anyway, this is a, a, a pink, yeah, um, helium tank, okay? And so we're going to let this represent the Spirit of God. And we're going to say that at the moment of salvation, you and I are given this tank. Don't worry, it's really pretty, like, empty. So um, anyway, it's, uh, like, that looked like I threw it and, like, I'm strong, but I'm not. Okay, this is like God's Holy Spirit that is given to us and lives within us at the moment that you and I accept Christ as our Savior. And there are several different verses that you'll see there. I'm not going to read them all today, but I want to read uh, two of them to you. Romans 8, 9 says this, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. You see the connection between our accepting Christ as our Savior and receiving the Holy Spirit. It happens at the same time. So God's Holy Spirit indwelling us or us receiving God's Holy Spirit happens at the moment that we become Christ followers. And then 1 Corinthians 3.16 actually says that God's Holy Spirit actually dwells within us, that the Spirit of God actually dwells within us. And so in a way, the temple is no longer needed because those of you who are here today, you all are the temple of the Spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? Like you are God's temple. You are where he resides. And so the answer to our question, our second question, um, when or how do we receive the Holy Spirit? We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment that we trust Jesus for salvation. It's just as simple as that. It's just as simple as that. And so let's move on to the third question. The third question is where I think the rubber really meets the road. For those of you who are Christ followers and your spiritual life has been anemic, your spiritual life has been absolutely on life support and you just can't seem to revive it take a look at what ephesians 5 18 says paul is right into the church in ephesus and he says this in the middle of talking about love he's talking about love okay and he says this in the middle of talking about love and how we're supposed to interact he says this and do not get drunk with wine i mean if you're reading this you're like wait a minute we just talked about love what does that have to do with wine he says do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be, what's that next word? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. The word that he uses there is so incredibly important. And at first glance, what we do is we kind of get hung up on the not being drunk with wine. Now, that is a command and it is a sin and it is one of those things that is pretty clear there. Don't be drunk with wine. There's really not any ambiguity. But that's not even Paul's point here. Paul's point comes in those last five words. I want you to say it with me. Be filled with the Spirit. The word that he's using there is actually word. It's kind of an interesting word because it literally means, even though it's used in a um, passive sense, it's a verb. 
So it's incredibly active. It's also used in a sense that there is a continuous filling of God's Holy Spirit. And so essentially what Paul is saying to us and saying to the Christ follower all the way back in the first century is that you and I have to be careful in our spiritual lives to not go day by day and moment by moment ignoring the work of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. That is where the power of living comes from. And it's interesting that he contrasts it with being drunk because what happens when people get drunk? They become in control of the alcohol. They become controlled by the alcohol. They become controlled and and really essentially the alcohol becomes their master. They feel like they receive power from what's happened to them, right? And essentially what Paul is saying here is don't be in control or under the control of anything. You guys can't even see that, can you? Anything except the spirit of God. And just like this helium balloon, my daughter really thought that I was going to get up here today and like suck in some helium and have some fun with helium. And I'm not going to do that. Did it at home last night for a minute, but I don't want to kill too many more brain cells. Okay, so, um, but here's what happens with this. Um, when, When we receive God's Holy Spirit, we receive everything and it's enough for powerful living on a day-by-day basis. But if you and I, if I were to say, hey, we're not going to leave here for 24 hours, I'm not going to do that, okay? But if we're going to like, you know, stay in here for the next 24 hours, we're bringing lunch in and everything, um, over time, what would happen? The helium would come out of the balloon, right? Now, (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Yes. There's not anything wrong with the helium. It's all the outside factors, It's the pressure that's put on the helium causes the balloon to expand to a point where it begins to slowly leak out. The helium slowly goes away. And all of a sudden, 24 hours later, we find out that we are empty. And that's just like God's Holy Spirit working in our lives. You see, the problem is, is that most of us never go back to the source that's already ours to be filled again with God's Holy Spirit. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be continually filled by God's Holy Spirit that already resides within you. Are you with me this morning? This is the most important concept in the Christian life that you and I can understand because if we understand that we have at our disposal the power of God, any moment in time, we can stop and say, God, just fill me with your Holy Spirit. It's not considered a second filling or a third filling or a fourth filling. It's a continuous moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, five little words at the end of an obscure verse in the middle of Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit. It's amazing what happens when you and I truly understand this and when you and I activate this in our lives. Simply put, I want you to take a look at this. Oh, I think I forgot about the answer. I did, didn't I? I forgot about the answer. We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment that we trust Jesus, but we see the power of God in our everyday life when we continually ask for God's Holy Spirit to fill us up. Most powerful, most powerful effective thing that you and I can do 
in our spiritual lives. And most people just let that, over time, just slowly go down and never ask to be filled up again. We never ask to be filled up again with the Holy Spirit of God. And we live these lives that are just pathetic and anemic. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with God's Holy Spirit. You see, simply put, being continually filled by God's Holy Spirit leads to spiritual vitality. It, doesn't, it leads away from spiritual anemia and spiritual sickness and spiritual death. I've written out a daily prayer that um, Jeff Cranston, who was my spiritual mentor, my spiritual guide growing up, he's now the pastor of the church that got us started out at Low Country Community Church. It's very similar to a prayer that um, he taught me to pray when I was 16 years old. And I got to tell you, the moments in time that I stop and pray a prayer, something similar to this, uh, the days that I begin my day praying a prayer like this, I'm walking step by step with God's Holy Spirit being led by him. We're going to talk about that next week. So my challenge to you, if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, and today, why not receive the spirit of the living God? All the power you'll ever need to live a vital, exciting, dynamic, abundant Christian life. And if you're here today and you're a Christ follower and you're like, man, I just absolutely cannot get off the starting line of my spiritual life right now, begin to pray that prayer. In fact, I want to challenge each and every one of you who are part of our church to pray that prayer in the month of September and, and get back to me and let me know how your spiritual life changes over the next month because I guarantee you it'll begin to change. I guarantee you it'll become much more dynamic. I guarantee you that you'll have more wisdom and understanding with what you're supposed to do in all areas of your life because you are tapping in to the most powerful tool that God has ever given you. One of the books that I'm using is by a guy named Francis Chan, Forgotten God. And he ends the first chapter by saying this. He's talking to his little girl, and his little girl says, Dad, I wonder what caterpillars say. And it kind of got him thinking about some things. And he says this. He says, I'm tired of living in a way that looks exactly like people who do not have the Holy Spirit of God living in them. He says, I want to consistently live with an awareness of his strength. I want to be different today from what I was yesterday as the fruit of the Spirit becomes more manifest in me. He says, I want to live so that I am truly submitted to the Spirit's leading on a daily basis. Christ said it better for us that the Spirit came and, and, and I want to live like I know that that's true. He said this, I don't want to keep crawling when I have the ability to fly. Listen, Hilton Head Island Community Church, let's be a bunch of Christ followers that fly. Let's be people that just stop crawling on the ground. Let's fly. Let's tap into the Spirit of God living in us. And let's put into practice every day, every moment of our lives, this amazing tool that God has given us that's at our disposal at any moment. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much. For your Holy Spirit who resides in those of us who are here today who call ourselves Christ followers, who have given our lives to you, who have believed in you. And God, I pray today in the strong name of Jesus that you would be with those who may be here today who don't know you as their Savior. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, this is your opportunity to receive God's Holy Spirit, to receive Jesus as your Savior, to begin the process of following him and having that power in your life ready 
for you to use. If you're here today and something that was said or sung or you heard or saw um, maybe made it click in your, in your heart, oh man, don't let today go by without receiving Jesus as your Savior. God said that he sent his son to die for you. Why not receive him right now? I'm going to pray a prayer silently. I mean, if I pray a prayer out loud, I want to encourage you to pray it silently to God the best way you know how, maybe in your own words to him. It's a prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you for sending Jesus to take away all my sin and imperfection. And I thank you that because of that, I can live with you for eternity in heaven when I die. Help me now to understand that I have your spirit living inside of me. If you prayed that prayer in this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to look up at me and raise your hand just for a moment. I won't call you up or anything like that. I'm just going to pray for you. Just raise your hand if you prayed that prayer along with me. prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you before you walk out of this room to let me know, to write your name down on that bottom of that worship folder. Give me your name and email and phone number. We want to follow up with you. We want to help you in your new faith journey. And if you're here today and you're already a Christ follower, maybe you've been a Christian just for a few weeks, or maybe it's been 30 years. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. But if you were really, really honest, You'd say, you know what? I'm really struggling in my faith walk. I am on it empty. And I need to tap into God's Holy Spirit that's already living inside of me. If you're here today, just get honest for a moment. Just raise your hand. If you'd say, yeah, I need some help with this, just raise your hand in this room. Just let them go up. Be honest for a moment. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anyone else this morning? Just raise your hand. Keep it up for a moment. Keep it up. Anyone else this morning that would say, you know, I just really have got to tap into God's Holy Spirit living within me. God, I pray for those whose hands are raised right now and maybe some who aren't. God, I pray that you would give them strength, that you would guide them. Thank you for their honesty and their courage. God, because I've been there. I've been on empty before. God, we just need to understand that we can tap in to the most powerful thing that has ever, ever existed. And that is your Holy Spirit. God, move us from a place of being anemic in our spiritual lives to a place of being alive. God, of being strong, not because we're strong, but because you are. God, help us to move to that place where we are alive and people are attracted to us and to you because we are walking step by step with your Spirit. May your Holy Spirit guide us today. We want more of your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would help all the Christ followers in here to day by day and moment by moment realize that they can tap into your Holy Spirit already living in them. In Jesus' name we pray.